EU Futures Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University. Welcome to the EU Futures Podcast, exploring the emerging future in Europe. Today is February 26th, and Slovak multimedia artist Maciej Bakula talks about the future of Europe. Interesting question. Uh, it's um, hopefully it will be good. <laughs> I don't want to be too critical, <laughs> but there are some things which, uh, like the political, like especially in Eastern Europe, it's a little bit weird and going towards more like nationalism, I think, which is bad. Uh, and I hope the future will be somehow where we will tackle this problem because this is becoming a major problem, especially in Eastern Europe. But hold uh, on. Yeah, so so this is, I hope, that uh, in the future will be the uh, eliminated the nationalism more and uh, people from Europe will be more appreciative, even more appreciative of um, like immigrants and other like nationalism, etc. <laughs> Where do I, hmm. uh, yeah, it's just the tradition and uh, that the culture is not that much mixed. I mean, if you compare it, for example, to the U.S., uh, it's a little bit different. So, uh, especially like uh, that, like he, here, it's much more ethnicities mixing and much more different nationalities. And there, in Europe, it's just like how it is because of its history. Uh, it's more um, uh, homogeneous, I think, and uh, it should be more heterogeneous. So, meaning that. And, and more appreciative. So, so there should be some laws, especially now I'm talking about Eastern Europe because Eastern Europe is very, or former Eastern Bloc in Europe, it's a little bit uh, not that open to that. And so, so, so how, uh, where is the core of this problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think it's the history. There are, there are some problems. For example, for in Slovakia, there, there will be the first time, like oh, actually last year or a couple of years ago, there was the first time uh, like a neo-Nazi politic elected into uh into the uh like just a city parliament or city council but uh this is raising up and the uh, discussion or the the words of the politicians all of all the politicians are going towards kind of this way you know like anti-immigration and uh just blatant racism and like all this stuff so i hope it will uh so so the core of the problem of all of this thing is i think that these people are not used to uh, live with other ethnicities and other uh, like nationalities, really. And um, that's the core of the problem, and that's a historical problem more. So somehow, and it's very hard to change it, but I hope that uh, it will change and we should work towards that. And it, if we would work towards it more, so it will change. It has to be cultural change or cultural shift. Uh, and then, you know, like right now, it's kind of, in, and I'm again talking mostly about uh, the Eastern, former Eastern Bloc. Uh, it's kind of cool to be racist, I would say, and cool to be kind of like not to like uh, immigrants and whatever for many young people, but also like the older people and all that. And uh, that's cultural. And uh, I think that the, if the, this cultural thing would be changed, that would, that would be the major thing because then they will feel actually bad. If they're gonna, they will feel bad to say something like that or even think that way because they will realize that they're wrong. But right now they even think they're cool so, because it's cultural. 
but uh, so we have to change the culture somehow. And it's very hard work and long. I think it could be changed using, you know, many organizations like maybe nonprofits or something which will be doing the work of re-educating towards accepting other nationalities and ethnicities and everything and just getting in touch with different cultures. So uh, there are artists are, I think, very important in this, um, especially like uh, on multiple levels or multiple approaches. Uh, for example, you know, um, if this cultural change is not there yet, so that means that also all the media uh, and everything is more persuading the way of um, the, the, the old way of, of like how it is, the status quo. Uh, and artists are usually the only people first who kind of raise their voices against this. And uh, they can they can really dra- grab people's attention and uh, work with this. Uh, and, and kind of substitute also almost the media uh, if they're not doing that, or they are not doing that. And then also media will catch up some, not all of them, but some. And, and they're already doing it, some media. So, uh, so, so definitely artists could be in the role of the media, saying something which should be said and it's not. Uh, then also, in practical ways, uh, artists could like help the other ethnicities which are suffering with like you know uh, co- cooperating with them on some projects or artworks which people are doing too. And uh, so the second kind of thing, more like creative, not the message, but the, towards the audience who should be changed, but helping the suffering. Uh, people which are suffering under that other. <laughs> um, I think artists can uh, help to influence the politicians of European Union and or, or make their, through their influence on them, create some sort of change. Uh, I think in Western Europe it is happening actually much more than in Eastern Europe uh, or the former Eastern Bloc. I, um, they, I can like there are multiple different approaches to this, like uh, you know, usually through art activism, because all the mean like and end of the means of art activism is actually to influence the politicians. So, uh, for, you know, if the the new kind of semi new type of art is, for example, the, the activist artist to work with the communities and then to bring up the problems to the politicians. And to the media, and uh, you know, if if they either influence politicians or they the artists influence people, and then the people influence uh, the the politicians. So so with information, and there are you know, different kind of campaigns now. It's like more we're talking about uh, how to say that like not political <laughs> political agitation, but like um, you know activism. Let's say that, uh, and there are different very like approaches to this. You know, we can make campaigns, which could be artworks actually. With like, what is needed sometimes it is informational campaign. Sometimes it is, uh, you know, some action actually, uh, or many other uh, types of in- interventions and influence. So, so there's it's it's, it's really broad and um, yeah, this was just some of them. Yeah. So, so again, uh, I uh, I think that the Western part of Europe works more on this. Uh, on, on, on the um, changing of politicians and the politicians are more listening over there. But uh, in uh, the uh, former Eastern Bloc, it's more like um, uh, the 
people are not actually it's more like yeah not doing that much as they could uh, like they're not that active in political realm because probably of the heritage from the communism uh but also um the politicians kind of do not listen and they are very very corrupted uh so it's really hard to actually bring some change around but uh, so first thing before all of this we do we need in in the in, in eastern europe we need to it's block we need to change the corruption then before anything else happens because the corruption is really hindering everything else that's actually maybe the major problem <laughs> what was the my vision of like ideal europe or just future if what i think it will be definitely it will be through through education as i mentioned change the culture of different places because different places have different cultures in europe and um they they have different problems and they require different approaches but like kind of the general line of which connects all of them is that all of this can be changed only through education and through like art and like i mean i'm talking about education in broader sense not like schools only but like you know just to tell people or show people or involve them into discussion about uh, those certain problems and as i mentioned the the biggest problem is the corruption right now and the uh, not ex- ex- xenophobia so uh and this could be somehow so so if if we do this so so i would imagine the the europe which will be kind of educating citizens this way like how to be or making them more open to like different influences uh not only f- like from their closed environment but also from outside and uh uh just just make them more open minded i would say and then if if there will be more open minded people you know, things can change and uh, also the second thing is like how to make people activate themselves actually so um there should be some sort of process which will again learn or relearn people how to be politically active and that also that i'm talking now about all europe but again uh eastern europe is a little bit less active still than uh the west yeah uh i i think they do of course yeah every, every time people the masses of people do have power to change stuff even no matter because like you know that's the struggle between power and the mass, masses always and then who has the power and uh i mean you know the uh like there people can produce change against some power which uh they don't agree with or they feel that it's threatening them but then of course <laughs> this all these politicians and governments even in democracy have uh you know ways how to instigate uh, certain things as fear in the society or even in eastern europe like a lot of politicians are using racism and xenophobia and violence and other things in like in order to control the masses I meaning not like soldiers but in their rhetorics they are inflaming people in into like really weird xenophobic things so and and this this also happened in France not only in like uh, eastern europe uh and also other like because all across europe are actually these nationalists on rise and nationalism is all about like nationalist politics are all about like how to uh seed how to create a problem 
which maybe before it was not that big of uh, that, not a problem. So how to create an artificial problem and then they offer artificial solution to that artificial problem. And uh, if people believe that, so they vote for them because they think they are helping them, but they're not. <laughs> it's an old thing. <laughs> yes, future of Europe is possible to change. Uh, maybe, of course, it never works 100% how whoever wants it. Um, but if it would work at least 20%, it would be great, or, or, or 50 or more. I, like, uh, people have great ideas and people have power to change it, like through many different uh, channels. So, so I think that uh, these be- changes to better can be implemented uh, and probably would be implemented, hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. But maybe, you know, maybe I'm completely wrong and there, those changes will not happen because there will come some bigger threats or some problems where, again, the politicians who wants to have power will uh, like feed off. So, <laughs> um, yeah, so, so also the other thing is the um, technology in Europe and uh, all the like uh, kind of intellectual power to change and build new technologies. Because this is what we were talking about before was politics, but uh, there is also a lot of um, uh, great research centers appearing and all of this uh, economy, knowledge-based economy, which is pretty new, it's appearing. And these kind of grassroots knowledge centers and uh, DIY science centers and everything which are appearing now in Europe is very exciting. This is also happening in the U.S., uh, so it's kind of global trend, I would say more. But um, uh, this is this is actually the most exciting moment, uh, which was did not exist that much before in our like in in, in the history, I think. And uh, these um, these places have power to produce, you know, new technologies through which they will change the world, literally. Or and this is so actually weird that anybody maybe in his garage can actually <laughs> change the world as it happened with the computer revolution. Uh, so now it is happening on like way different forms and with different materials, with different things like, you know, biology, biomaterials. And, uh, but, but not only that, it's like more like technology also. So, and then, you know, you have different approaches from like uh, some other startups, which are even like uh, social entrepreneurship and, some sort of NGOs which are involved in um, like uh, activism more. And this is probably this kind of realm or milieu of these little entities uh, started because, partially because of the, one part because of the, um, that there is not that many investments in um, other areas there were before like a technology and, and, and things like that because of the crisis. But also uh, it happened because uh, there was the good storm of education kind of right before that, prepared to launch these things. So, so, so this is another type of change which, will, which, which is happening right now and it's great. And uh, who knows where it will go, but it will be pretty great. <laughs> okay, so, so um, we are working on this project for many years already called uh, Manuals for Public Space. It's a project about uh, how we can make places uh, more accessible for people or communities which uh, inhabit those places or would like to inhabit um, those places. 
And uh, we are also doing workshops on how to reclaim public uh, public spaces and how to uh, just make the certain places more uh, fit with what people need. And and all of these ideas are stemming from the communities because we are working with the communities at those certain places. Uh, and recently we started kind of using maybe two years ago it started this kind of approach where we use the future as the idea of the future as a destination for people like where would they imagine or like how would they remodel a certain space uh public space uh and to to fit their needs and how, however they imagine it and we um this thinking about future is great because uh, it will kind of um, it offers you a little bit of distance from what's going on now, but also uh, and and that you know sparks your imagination, but also gives you the freedom to actually have uh, sometimes more ideas out of the box, let's say, but also just just somehow more activates people to to think and reimagine so you know because also it's, it's politically disconnected and that's really where you see what people want to say or or what what, what are they aiming for and what they want because these uh man manuals for public space we are doing these workshops are aiming also to figure out like what people actually want and this is the best way to make them talk about the future uh that uh, they will and or reimagining the future and and there is also a lot of you know different kinds of future, and every space has different future. Every culture has different future or ideas about the future because future is distant; it's not here right now. So it's it's more the destination and how to do the journey to that destination. So it's a very powerful idea about how to imagine the future. Past is kind of like what we are built on, uh, and why are we where are we right now? But the future is where we want to go, and uh, that is a very powerful tool because when there's a lot of things we don't like, so we have to change the stuff right now in order to see the changes, like to to have a better future. So we work, we do our project. Uh, it it started mainly focused on public spaces and uh, freedom in public spaces, and through that freedom, now we reimagine the your future and your freedom. You know, it, it brings a whole another ideas uh, because, you know, different people around the world, different cultures has different futures and different ideas about the future. And, uh, uh, you know, we we got from like talking about public space to really like how to uh, make public spaces, uh, you know, accessible uh, for like human rights and how to how to actually apply human rights in the in the. Uh, in certain spaces or if they need to and then uh, we was talking about you know like uh, uh, equal, uh for example gender equality in 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 space of gender equality or future of gender equality and like um you know what would that mean for different cultures and how to yeah exactly how to reimagine different futures for different culture how do they reimagine their futures that's what it is about and and uh like groups of people because like it's not only about the cultures but different groups of people have their like microcultures kind of and those microcultures interact with each other and create a big culture 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely, it's uh, useful for politics. But uh, I mean, you know, during the communism, we had a lot of uh, imagining of future <laughs> and better future. Uh, uh, sometimes, like it depends how it is used, uh, because uh, it, it like the future can be great, and it, it is great if it is applied with uh, like um, I don't know hetero. The word heterogenic is like everything mixed together, like different components, right? And mono, mono, yeah. So, so, so you know, future definitely has to be heterogenic, or 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 futures has to be heterogenic than homogeneous. And if you have a vision of homogeneous future for multiple different people and multiple different groups of people and cultures, then it is a bad thing because then it might turn into a dictatorship and not a freedom. So this is all about the vision of future, actually. Every, everything is because, you know, future is not the science fiction kind of thing. Future is well, where are we aiming to? What do we want to do? Like future is what do we want to do? Yeah, thank you. Futures Podcast, a project of the Center for the Study of Europe at Boston University, funded by a Getting to Know Europe grant from the European Commission delegation in Washington, D.C. 